Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we have an exciting guest. She was the star, one of the stars in the audit tool that I had on one page audit reports. And this is a bit of a follow-up discussion that I wanna have with Tracy Marquardt. She is an audit communication expert and has extensive experience across the globe. Thank you, Tracy, for joining the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Oh my gosh, John, it's so great to be here. And I wanna thank you again for the opportunity to you know participate with David and Renato on the troll. It was so much fun. And uh, we get to get to dig in a little bit deeper today, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It was by far my most successful episode. And I think <laughs> it's due to the three of you, not because of me, but the, the three of you. You guys were, I, were the stars. <laughs> you were the maestro conducting. So let's refer back to that episode because I got great feedback, you know, and if I have one head of internal audit who is implementing a shorter audit report, to me, that's a win, but I got one feedback and the feedback was, sure, we can move to a one page report, but you still have an appendix. So my question to you, Tracy is, okay, is it truly possible to have a one page report or a shorter report that includes everything? summary issues, action plans, and so forth? That's a very good question. I think the easy answer for a one-page report is that it's absolutely possible for senior management and the board, because really what you want to be doing at that level is providing insights into, you know, what the result of this audit means for the business, some foresight, you know, could it impede us from achieving our business objectives or to what extent might that happen? What are the highest risks uh, that we're facing? Do we actually need to take any action? So I think those, those kinds of, that kind of insight can absolutely be included in a one pager. And, you know, that's part of what I do when I consult with some of my clients, when they're asking me, you know, do I give an audit opinion? What should it look like? And I like to call it an audit conclusion. I think we should always provide that level of intent to, to leadership. But, you know, to your question about can we include all of the detail, like the summary, the issues, the action plans? I'm going to say if you have one or two findings, then maybe, but I, I think it, that's not realistic to only have one or two findings. It's for some clients it is. I just came away uh, this week from working with a client who had maybe five findings on average, but even, even then it all comes in my mind, it all comes back to the stakeholder. What do they want and what do they need from you? So whenever I do my audit report writing workshops, we always um, analyze the stakeholders for the report. You know, what do they want? What do they need from you? Who are they? What are they piece of the report are they interested in? And then you can kind of decide how much information to include in those various pieces. So we could do our one page for the executive summary or management summary, depending on what you want to call it. But somewhere we need detail for someone. So the question is, you know, who are the someones? And then normally we give them the IAE attributes, which I think are quite good because they're persuasive. You're sort of taking the reader by the hand through your argumentation. You, you know, persuade them of 
the the risk and the recommendation. And some people don't like the word persuade, but you've got to get them there with you, right? You've got to bring them there with you. So whatever verb you want to use with that. So can it be on a one page? I think you can have possibly a three, four, five page report. Ultimately though, the detail needs to be somewhere. So how are you going to direct your stakeholders to that detail? Is it in an appendix, in a PDF? It would be lovely you know, and David Hill was talking about is, can we get away from all that paper and can we provide some other kind of linkages for everyone? And I think that um, that's possible and we can keep it short. So a strict one pager, I don't think we're there yet. I think we need technology before we can get there. Yeah, right yeah, technology. definitely. Yeah, at least we're moving in that direction. And I, you know, my hope with the tool was to spark the discussion within the community it definitely did and i think you're one of the main people who are advocating for that yeah abso absolutely and the funny thing is i've gotten a lot of emails this week about um how passionate i am about audit reports so it's it's been a fun week it, it, it is a passionate topic it is a passionate topic so we have i have a question here and there's a new segment here in my podcast that's called the expert to expert question. So I had Sarah, uh -oh. I, James. Okay. <laughs> she had a question for you, Tracy, and I'll just okay. read exactly how she wrote it. Tracy, I've heard you talk with such insight about root cause and internal auditor's failure to articulate it well, or even include it. What do you think is behind this gap? Or I could ask, what is the root cause of that? The root cause of auditors not handling root cause well in their audit reports? Yes. So I did a poll on this last year because having seen so many hundreds of audit reports from so many dozens of clients, I see it all, right? And from multiple cultures and from multiple corporate cultures, but there's some things that run true fairly consistently is that auditors typically struggle more identifying root cause and documenting root cause. In the poll, I think I gave four options. I don't know how to document root cause or find root cause. It's not my responsibility. I don't have time or I'm not comfortable because the issues are too sensitive. And it's really not for me to, to document that. Thankfully, most people didn't say it wasn't their job because we know we read the IAE literature, how we should be going after record. So I, I think part of it is a lack of training. The five whys is kind of a common, one of the easier root cause methodologies to use. I do find it maybe an overly simplified methodology in today's complex world with Buka and Bonnie and all the, this change that's coming at us that we, we haven't anticipated and it's coming at us so fast, it's very hard to spin in and identify all the risks and then deal with them before they become a huge issue for the, the corporations and businesses. So I think the five whys may be a little bit oversimplified now. I'd be interested, maybe you should have something on the five whys on one of your, or on root cause, get some root cause experts in and let's see what they have to say. But I think um, one of it is that auditors just aren't familiar enough and there isn't enough tone from the top to say, hey, we need to do root cause for every single finding. That's what I believe, because in that way we can um, identify 
underlying trends and root cause that we may need to bring into that one pager uh, in the executive summary to report. And I also find if I can say about cause, I do find that governance is not addressed directly very often. When I, when I read a finding, I can kind of smell the page and go, yeah, it smells a bit like we have a governance problem here. But, and if I smell it on too many pages in the audit report and I go to the executive summary and I don't see odds, trends addressed there, then I think we have a bigger problem and either cause is not stressed enough from, you know, internal audit leadership, or we haven't trained our team enough, or for some reason, they don't have the courage to address, you know, governance issues full on. And that could be the culture potentially as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I did have an episode on root cause analysis it was episode. Yeah. 34 with Duke Oaks, but yes, that's a, an, an excellent point, Tracy. And actually I had a conversation with Trent Russell and you co-host yeah. the audit room with him. Uh, he had kind of like similar comment on root cause. It kind of needs to be embedded in the process yeah. and it needs yeah. to be driven by audit leadership. So it, great point. It does. And, and, you know, I've, I think I've done five audit report writing workshops in the last four weeks. And what, what I think needs to be hammered home as well is the work, the questions need to be asked during your field work, not when your manager comes back and reads your draft of your audit findings and says, hey, is this really root cause? And then you don't have the answers anymore and you're not on site. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, so you have an exciting webinar coming up in a week. It's 60 days to a shorter report. And I already registered. We'll include the link here for the, for the audience to also register. For awesome. those who are, you know, okay, Tracy, why, why are you doing this? What, what's the webinar about? So um, why am I doing it? I mean, first of all, I think part of what we do is to share our knowledge with the audit community to support them and to give them some advice, some tips, some tricks, some insights into what they can do to help improve processes and optimize and all this kind of thing. So, you know, if anyone's connected with me on LinkedIn, you'll see there's all kinds of information there that hopefully will help um, as an individual auditor or a chief audit executive who wants to elevate the skills of their team. So whether it's communication, leadership, productivity, all of those kinds of things. So, and, and you know, I'm so passionate about audit reports that I love to just give away information to help people. And so that's actually what this one is about is I give away the roadmap to shorter audit reports. There's certain things that the chief audit executive can do within their team to get them there quickly. And I, I have this conversation over, you know, I don't know, we've been talking about it seriously on LinkedIn for probably about five years now. I've done this workshop. I think this might be my fourth time. Maybe it's my third time doing this webinar. Um, and I always tell everyone, I don't want to see you here next year when I do this, because I want, I want you to have implemented, take something from this roadmap and go and do it and implement it so that you can make change. You don't have to pay a consultant. You don't have to pay me. You can just go and do it. Here's the roadmap. Take it, right? So, yeah. so for me, it's good fun too to actually um, to challenge 
the the audit leadership that's on the webinar. And, you know, we get the full reign from auditor right up to CAE. And I just love to put that challenge out there. Go do something, take some action. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And for those who are interested in learning about that roadmap, I'll include the uh, the link in the show notes, like I mentioned. So, all right, Tracy, I sign up for the webinar. <laughs> I go through the content. Can you tell us maybe a success story from one of your previous clients about improving their reporting process? I can absolutely tell you. Um, one of my favorite clients, I mean, I have a lot of favorite clients, but um, typically what happens is I start to work with the clients and we do a style guide or a guidance document and we do the, the workshop, we get everybody trained and then they're on their own for a little bit. And then I come back in, I might do a refresher. I might do a series of rounds of audit report reviews where I get for feedback and I meet with a team. And in each and every one of those steps, you want to see them progress and to have, you know, less feedback or uh, it's a slightly different feedback because they've already covered some of the points that they received before in the past. So I have, I have one team, there are about 35 auditors, they're in Europe. And the great thing about this team is that they're all rowing the boat in the same direction. They're all rowing the audit report boat in the same direction. Everybody works hard at it. Everybody buys into and believes in the review process. Everybody appreciates the feedback that I give them when we do the rounds of report reviews by team uh, twice a year. And um, what should happen is it gets to the point where they don't need me anymore. So it's a double-edged sword kind of day because, because <laughs> you're sad to see them go, but um, you're so proud of them for the progress that they've made and, um, and to see the team really successful and satisfied and motivated. So I have had, I have several, uh, lots of those stories, I guess, but the team here in Europe, I am in Europe today, the team here in Europe really inspires me. And I use them as a model whenever I go into other companies, right? Because you don't want, I guess it's harder to be successful as a chief audit executive who wants to make these kinds of changes if you have team members who think uh, uh, change is a bad thing or, or that stakeholders are going to push back. And I'm like, it's your job to tell them why these changes are going to be in their benefit, right? Whatever that is, shorter report, more concise, fewer findings because you figured out how to write more to how to combine findings in a way that really makes sense instead of having 60 small ones and all that kind of stuff. So it's really exciting. And it's really about empowering your internal audit team to, to take ownership and take the next steps and have fun with it. So. Yes. Yes. You touched on two key points that I just want to reiterate here for yeah. the audience, everybody being on the same page, the importance of that cannot be, you cannot emphasize that enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the last point you just mentioned empowering your team. And I think in my humble opinion, I think that's why audit report is such a passionate topic. It's because people are doing things because they're being told how to do, and they're not taking ownership for certain things. And I write it and then someone changes it. So that's mm -hmm. why it's such a passionate topic. And I'm glad you mentioned that it is about empowering the team. It's about, about empowering them, giving them the tool giving them the guidance and setting a few boundaries and then letting them play within all of that to create some magic with their audit reports. 
Yeah, absolutely. So really appreciate you being on the podcast, Tracy. For those who don't yet know about you and want to learn more about the services that you provide in audit report writing, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Best way for them to reach out to me is Tracy, T-R-A-C-I-E at QACommunication.com or on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you, John. 